welcome back to the Honest as a Mother podcast. You are back with Amanda and today on the show I am joined by Abby Klein from the Gotta Go Potty Training Company and I'm so excited. I, as most of you know, just potty trained my daughter. It was a bit of a stressful event um, as I know it usually is for most people and so I was flooded with questions. How did you do it? What did you do? And honestly, I don't even know what I did because I thought she was going to be so difficult and she wasn't. And I don't even, didn't even really know how to respond to you guys. And I'm like, I need a professional to come in because there's so many ways to potty train children. So I have found Abby. Welcome Abby to the Honest as a Mother podcast. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. I know everyone is excited that you're coming on because I think there's a lot of listeners who are wondering if their kids are ready, wanting to do it, but also terrified. So, <laughs> Very common, very common. You know what? I figured out after doing two of them, I think potty training is more stressful for us. Like it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, I felt like, especially after I did Connor. So he was my first I literally was like, I could take over the world. Like I can do anything now that I've <laughs> trained a child. And now that I've done two of them, well, almost we'll get there. Um, I'm just like, what can't I do? Right. <laughs> it's, it's a big, most- it, it's a big milestone and it's yes. I think parents go into it, dreading it, which is unfortunate because it doesn't have to be something that you dread doing. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes kids can pick up on that. So Really, we want parents to be kind of in a positive space when they're approaching it. Awesome. Well, okay, before we dive into the questions that everybody's got for you, Mm -hmm. why don't you tell me a little bit, I find this super interesting how you had transitioned from a career to where you are now. And I didn't even know this was a thing. And I'm so, I'm so mad I didn't know about you like four weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't know this was the thing. And I think it's such a great resource for parents. Yeah. So I am, uh, I'm a single mother by choice. I have a three-year-old daughter. She will be three in July. I have a daughter who's turning three. Um, I had previously been working as a registered nurse. I did over a decade in nursing before I decided to kind of pivot my career and take on potty training consulting full time. Um, it was really kind of a combination of the pandemic and I moved and I did a lot of kind of lifestyle changes all last year and this was one of them um so yeah so I entered the potty training consulting world and have been running with it ever since um it's busy it's a niche market like any other you know like sleep consultants and that kind of stuff with kids um and there's definitely a demand for it um a lot of parents do struggle with potty training, so know that you're not alone. So that's where I come into play. I, I'm here to help. I love it. You know, there's, I don't think it's valued enough, like how much support you really do need when you're going yeah. through it, because yeah. I found it, like I could relate it back to like breastfeeding or something that also made me feel like a failure. Like you think you're like, okay, here's my checklist. I think they're ready to go. And then they don't do it. And you're like, okay, what have I done wrong? Yeah. So the support is so needed. Yeah. Okay. Well, I 
I do have some questions that I got over Instagram Mm -hmm. and would love to go through these with you. Sounds good. So first one is what are the common ages for boys and girls? And are they different? Because, you know, you hear the whole like girls are easier for me. They were not boys are harder for me. They were not. (laughs) So what is there truth to those things? And is there like a specific age for each, um, like each gender or what is it that we're looking for? So no, that is a myth that boys are harder to train than girls. You hear it commonly. Um, I've trained just as many hard boys as I have hard girls. So I'd say it's 50, 50, um, as far as ages go, 22 to 28 months is kind of my ideal age range. Um, I will train as young as 18 months. That would be the earliest I would train, but I'd say a majority of my clients tend to be in the three to five range. So, um, don't panic if you miss that 22 to 28 month window, um, We can certainly train at older ages Um, and every child is just so different, you know, as far as when they're going to be ready, when they're going to be successful with it. So, okay. So what are signs that we should be looking for that our child is like telling us without telling us that they're ready to start? One thing I will say, there are children that just never show signs of readiness. So thank you for saying that (laughs) you have a child that's a little older and you've been waiting for that. Um, I would say don't wait too much longer. I would jump in on it. So some kids just never will show interest in it or show signs of readiness. Um, Kind of the big ones we look for, if they have just a general interest in the bathroom, you know, are they going in there with you? Do they want to flush the toilet? Do they want to sit on the toilet? Um, If they're able to stay drier for longer periods throughout the day or through nap time, that kind of stuff. Um, If they're asking you to change their diaper or telling you that they just wet or pooped pooped in their diaper and then asking for it to be changed, those are usually good indicators that they're ready. I mean, they have that awareness and they're ready to start. So, Mm, okay. That makes sense. Okay. That all makes sense. And so now let's talk about someone who is starting potty training. Let's say their child is in that three to five range. Mm -hmm. Um, my daughter's about to be three and that's kind of, she was showing me all the signs, but that's kind of how I started. I was like, okay, well, she's almost three. She's showing me all these signs. You know, we kind of got to bite the bullet and let's just do this. So, but I had a problem at first where she just resisted it. She hated it. She didn't want anything to do with it, but she was showing me like literally every sign you were saying. Um, and she's almost three. So I'm like, yeah. okay, we, we can do this. What do we do if our child just blatantly refuses and doesn't want to go on the potty? So there's a couple things with this. So you have to keep in mind that diapers are their comfort zone. This is all they have known. This is what they want. They work very hard to get them back oftentimes once they're gone. Um, So when they become really resistant, it usually boils down to one of two things. Either they have a genuine fear of the potty or they're just being stubborn about it. So depending on which category they fall into really will determine kind of our approach with it. Um, I tend to see it more with pooping on the potty than I do with peeing, but that's not to say there aren't those kids that don't want to pee on the potty. Um, But usually, yeah, usually we see it more with pooping and usually we kind of just direct our approach depending on what the underlying, you know, problem is with it. Um, and every, again, every child is so different when it comes to potty training that it really needs to be kind of an individualized 
plan and approach depending on the child where they're at and their needs. So, okay. And I think sometimes you can kind of tell, right? Like when my daughter was refusing, I could tell it was like a, no, I ain't yeah. doing this. It wasn't, I'm scared. Right. Um, especially because of her age too. Like she'll tell me that she's scared of other things. So yeah. I figured if she's not telling me she's scared, she's just blatantly like, no, screw you lady. I'm not doing this. Yeah. And one of the common, common problems I see with resistance with the potty is that children are being over prompted. Um, so really I try to take an approach of really no prompting because we really want them to learn to self-initiate and listen to their body and use the potty when they need to go. They're the only ones that know they have to go. We can't make them go. So they really, we got to put the control on them for that. Um, So when you get these parents that are prompting every 30 minutes, every hour, most kids aren't going every 30 minutes or every hour. Um, and they're going to feel like they're being nagged and they're going to dig their heels in and they're going to say no. And that's where you see a lot of resistance coming from. So oftentimes some just pulling back on prompting can resolve the issue as far as the resistance goes. Um, there are times it is okay to prompt a child to potty. And that's like before leaving the house, before or after sleep, or if it's obvious they need to go. Um, mm-hmm. Those would really be the only times I would recommend prompting. Yeah. Some kids, some kids do need some, but those cases tend to be kind of few and far between. Mm-hmm. So I find, um, with my son, I had to prompt him a lot. And when we would let him go, he would have mm-hmm. accidents. Yeah. Whereas, so then I tried that with my daughter and she was like, no, like yeah. we're not having this. And then I realized now, like, the little girl can hold her pee. Well, she holds her pee all night long. Yeah. Um, she wakes up dry. And then even during the day, like she can go two or three hours and she'll tell me I got pee. And then she'll have a huge pee. And like, it's just like, you kind of have to let them guide you a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I learned that the hard way. Trust me with my daughter, <laughs> she's teaching me. But so, yeah, I, I love that you said that. Cause I really learned that lesson because I think if it works one way with one kid, you're like, automatically going to do it the same way with the other one and it just doesn't work right yeah okay so I know you mentioned the poop thing this is Mm -hmm. a thing in our house and I probably got 50 responses um (laughs) about this so we we have to go over this yeah why is it such an issue like why is it I remember when I started potty training my son the first thing he did was poop on the potty and my mom and my stepmom were like, Oh my God, don't stop now. Don't stop now. Never look back. Like that's, that's (laughs) your biggest hurdle. And if he did it, just go. And I was like, okay. And now with my daughter, like this is an issue. She doesn't want to do it. Um, or I think she thinks she wants to do it, but really isn't sure about it. And we haven't done it yet. She will go in her pants. She'll go and hide. Um, but then pee is flawless. Yeah. And I know this is common and I know it'll come. Yeah. But like, can you give us some guidance on how we can handle these things? So pooping on the potty is probably one of the top reasons people reach out to me. So it is very, very common. Um, Again, we try and figure out the why. Are they being, are they being stubborn when it comes to it? Or is there a fear around it? Um, When you think of kids in a diaper and a pull up, And again, that's their comfort zone. That's where they would want to be. You know, 
the poop when they when they poop in a diaper or pull up it's right up against their bottom um it doesn't have far to go when it comes out of them and that's what they're used to so getting them to transition to a potty whether it's a floor potty or a regular toilet it's a very very different process for them um you know they usually are standing or squatting when they're in a diaper and pooping now we're asking them to sit um it's you know, it's just a very, very different sensation. Again, poop's falling out of them now. It's not right up against their bottom. That can be a little scary for kids. Um, so there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, one thing I would say is start with a small floor potty. These tend to yield the best results when it comes to pooping issues. Um, it puts them in a proper position. You really want them seated, feet supported, knees bent, kind of leaning forward, which a small floor potty will provide. Um, and it's less sensory overload as well. So if your child has any sensory issues regarding potty training, you know, there's no water splashback. It doesn't have far to go. Um, and we do have little tips and tricks to kind of navigate those kids that may be fearful um, of the potty. You know, sometimes it's a matter of taking the diaper and putting it in the bucket of the potty and having him poop on that as kind of a baby step or even just sitting and pooping in their diaper on the potty as a baby step to kind of slowly transition them out of it. So again, it just depends because every child is so different um, as far as what they're going to respond to and what's going to work for them. And But there's so um, many options. There are. Yep. Um, I'm a big fan when it comes to potty training of using rewards. So don't be afraid to use rewards as a motivator to get your child to use the potty. Um, some kids need a potty distraction. If you have the kid that'll sit for a second and pops right off and say they're done, you might need to implement a potty distraction of sorts. So a book, give them your phone with a show, a song, whatever game on it, um, just to get them to sit for a couple minutes to try and get that success. Um, with kids that hide, um, you had mentioned that your daughter tends to hide. Mm -hmm. um, that's usually an indication that they do want privacy. So provide that for them. So if they have a specific spot in the house that they tend to go to, I usually recommend setting the potty up in that area. Um, but you want to just kind of get them set up, let them sit for a couple minutes by themselves, you know, forget something in another room and walk out of the room and let them be for a couple minutes and then go back in and check on them. Um, adults don't really want an audience when we're pooping. So kids yeah. really are no different. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it's little tiny fixes like that, that can solve the problem. Sometimes we got to get creative and think outside the box. Sometimes there's just more to it. So it just depends. Um, one thing I would say when it comes to pooping is really focus on constipation, like stay ahead of constipation. Even if you think your child is not constipated, a lot of times they are, and you're just not aware of it. So, um, really focus on keeping that poop soft, um, fluids, fiber, healthy fats. I have a lot of families that have to use Miralax, um, just to kind of stimulate things. So, that's a big issue and constipation issues can also cause urinary issues as far as accidents during the day. And it can also affect nighttime wetness as well. So really constipation, staying ahead of it is huge when it comes to potty training. Yeah. And I know that's like, like you said, such a common thing, especially, especially yeah. I think if the kids are stubborn, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Well, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, now, I loved what you said about the reward system. We do, we do a reward system here and it works well with my kids. I know it changes, but what about accidents? I've heard lots of opinions on this mm -hmm. and my personal like thought is I don't like, I'm not going to get upset with my kids if they have an accident. And I think I tried that once with my son and he like regressed even more. So mm -hmm. I don't know if the discipline is like a real thing when it comes to accidents. What's your, what's your advice on that? So when it comes to accidents, you really want to take like a minimal matter of fact approach to them. Any sort of big reaction to them is going to just reinforce the behavior with your child. So we really want to take the attention away from them um, and focus the energy more on the successes than the accidents. So acknowledge it, clean it up, let's move on. You know, I always say stick to the mantra, all pee and poop goes in the potty. So just reinforce that with each accident. Um, you'll feel like a broken record in those beginning days because that's all you're gonna say. You're just gonna chase them around saying that, but really keep it minimal. Now, if accidents start to become more of a behavioral you know, they're doing it more as a behavioral issue than an actual potty training issue, then our approach shifts a little bit. Um, we really, I mean, I wouldn't even make contact with them if they're leaning more towards the behavior, don't make any eye contact, just clean it up, go really over the top for all good potty behavior. Um, there are times that, you know, we do implement consequences. Now, every family kind of deals with discipline in their own mm -hmm. way. Um, so it might look like turning the TV off, you know, if they're sitting in front of the TV and having accidents repeatedly and, you know, it's, they don't just don't want to get up to go, you know, then TV goes off for now. We can try again later, or the iPad goes away. We can try again later, whatever it may be. Right. So again, it's just kind of troubleshooting and figuring out, is this an actual potty training issue or is this more of a behavioral issue? You know, I had the daughter that was the intentional peer. So every time she would get mad at me, she would peer pants. So I had a very behavioral, <laughs> behavioral so problem. Body trainer. Oh my gosh. It was, I was ready to pull my hair out even oh, as I a bet. body training consultant, <laughs> but we got over it. We got through it. You know, again, mm -hmm. it's really setting those clear and consistent boundaries for them and what the expectation is. And the expectation mm -hmm. is, is that all pee and poop is going to go in the potty. Um, so we give them room to kind of learn that. And then again, if they start to shift to more behavioral stuff, we kind of have to pivot our approach a little bit and come up with something else to navigate through that. Potty training is such a psychological thing. It's like, it's crazy to me. Like yeah. I would have never <laughs> in my life thought that I would be so stressed about pee yeah. and poop. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Right? <laughs> Um, okay. I really also want to talk about night training. Okay. Um, again, I know this is common, um, that a lot of kids can't hold their pee all night long. Um, my son is about to be five, mm -hmm. still an issue. Um, also know that that can be common with boys. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, do you have any tips on how we can set our children up for success? Because sometimes in my own personal opinion, I felt like, I have set up my son to fail, like, you know, given him too much milk or whatever it is before mm -hmm. bed. 
So what are some tips that you think we can try and set our children up to succeed to be dry in the morning? So a couple things when it comes to night training, I do recommend doing night training at the same time you do day training. Interesting. Um, it does. It is a lot to take on. So there are plenty of parents that don't want to do it, but I really, I do recommend it just because it does set that expectation. Again, all pee and poop goes in the potty only. So, um, you'll see children that will withhold till they get that diaper on at nap time or at nighttime and they withhold all day till they get it. So in those circumstances in specific, then you really need to get rid of those diapers. That's the only way you're going to break that cycle. Um, but it, yeah, it is a lot. I know that I did it with my own daughter. I know firsthand. So it's like having a newborn in the house again for a while. Um, so a couple of things to help navigate nighttime training, um, try and limit fluids about two hours before bedtime. If they do request water, you can give them kind of small amounts. I'd say a max of four ounces before bed. Um, try and get them to pee twice before they actually go to sleep. So usually we shoot for kind of beginning of the bedtime routine and then right before they're going to go to bed. Um, we want that bladder to be as empty as possible going into the night. Um, some parents need to do dream peas. So dream peas are similar to dream feeds with a newborn where you're going to wake them up. Well, you don't want to wake them up. Sorry. You're going to get them up every four hours or so. Um, put them on the potty, try and get them to go, put them back in bed. Um, try to avoid waking them with the dream piece fully, just so it's not a battle to get them to go back to sleep. Um, you can night train when they're in a crib. So I know a lot of parents are hesitant, like, oh, my child's still in a crib. Kids are going to need you during that night regardless. So you're going to be getting up with them whenever you decide to night train, whether you do it now or whether you do it when they're three, four, five. So I would just do it all at once and get it out of the way from the beginning. Um, what other pointers can I give you on this night? Most kids honestly stay dry through the night before their parents realize it. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times what happens is they're staying dry all night long and they'll pee first, like right as they're starting to wake up in the morning. So you'll go in, see a super heavy diaper pull up and be like, oh, they wet all night. Usually that's not the case. Usually they're staying dry like throughout and it's it, between that four to six o'clock window that they're just letting it all go. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it's doable. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's hormonal. There is a hormonal aspect to it. Um, our body makes something called an antidiuretic hormone, which causes less urine production at night. Um, and that develops at different rates for each child. Um, but you can train on like a brain to bladder con connection and muscle control. So ultimately we can get them to hold it through the night. Um, and then go first thing in the morning. Right. So if you have the child, I mean, I always recommend getting to them, you know, either getting to them right as they're waking up in the morning or even waking them up like 15 to 20 minutes before their normal wake up time, just to see if they are wet, get them on the potty, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. We do, um, a dream pee works okay. really well. Um, and I've been finding that 
now that I do the dream pee, my son is dry all the time. And when I wasn't doing the dream pee, I liked what you said about us not knowing that mm-hmm. they likely hold it all night because he had said to me, this was months ago, but he had said to me, well, when I wake up, I pee and I pull up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so when you wake up, you have to pee really bad. So you pee and you pull up. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you need to get up and go to the potty. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, there's my problem. The pull yeah. up is my problem. <laughs> and so now he gets up and he goes, um, you know, if he wakes up at 5 a.m., I hate it, but he knows he goes to the potty and then he goes back to bed. And we've just set the boundaries. And like you said, the, the boundaries and he's, he's got it now. Yeah. And one thing you can do too, you know, if, if they are in a toddler bed or regular bed, anything outside of a crib, you can set up a little potty station for them right next to their bed, you know, grab your floor potty, put it next to the bed, put, you know, some tissue or toilet paper, whatever it may be, just so it's right there for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, so that way they can crawl right back into bed when they're done. Yeah, that's a great idea too. Cause I know, like I know personally in myself and then I know other moms too, that have been like, I don't want to get rid of the pull-up because like, I don't want to wake up in the night. And that is so relatable and understandable, but like, it's, it's all part of this awful process. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the biggest reasons too, again, I like nighttime training is just because when you get parents that kind of flip back and forth between underwears and diaper or pull-ups, it really can send mixed messages to your child. Like sometimes it's okay to pee in my pants, but sometimes it's not. So again, we let, we want that message to be clear right from the start, all pee and poop in the potty. So that's where it's beneficial um, to just do it all at once. Again, I get plenty of parents that don't want a nighttime train right away and I get it. Um, So it's really on the parent, you know, you really want to make it very clear to that child. If you are diapering them for naps or nighttime, that this is for sleeping only, you know, like the expectation is you still use the potty. So some kids will get it. Some kids won't just depends. Well, okay. And my last question is what is a regression and why do they happen And what should we be doing about them? So just for an example, for anybody who's listening, like we had potty trained my son, he did flawless and he was great for like six months. And then all of a sudden when he would go to daycare, he would pee in his pants at daycare. Mm -hmm. And when I say pee in his pants, Abby, I'm talking, he peed like six, seven times, like was soaking wet all the way to the top of they'd be sitting at the dinner table and then she'd pick him up and he'd pee all over and he wouldn't even tell her. Yeah. And he would just keep going on about his day and it was a struggle. And then we got back on it and it's been good ever since, but I know this, this happens. Mm-hmm. It does. Regressions are very common in potty training. Um, typically the longer a child is trained, the less likely they will be to regress. So, um, if you're in those beginning days of training, um, and there's anything big on the horizon, I would say, hold off until you're through it. So whether you have a vacation coming up, whether they're starting a new school, getting a new teacher, if there's a new baby, I mean, those are all kind of big life events that can certainly trigger a regression. Um, molars are very common to trigger regressions as well. So if they have any teething going on, 
Um, you may go backwards for a little while with that. Um, really any changes to the routine can cause a regression. Um, when they have changes, they start to feel like they're out of control. And this is how they feel like they have some control. You know, they generally kind of revert back to accidents for a while. Um, so to help kind of navigate through regressions, the teething one, there's really nothing you can do. Um, just kind of bear through it. Being consistent with your approach is kind of the biggest thing. But if there's any big things kind of on the horizon that you're aware of, again, vacation, schools, moving, new teacher, new baby, whatever it may be, really prep them. The more you can prep them for what's going to happen, the more they can anticipate it, the less they likely they will be to regress. Um, so really talk them through. If you're going on a vacation, how many days, you know, do a countdown in the days leading up to it till, till you go. Are you driving? Are you flying? What are potty breaks going to look like, you know, as you're getting to your destination? What are you going to do when you're there? You know, like really give them as much detail as possible and kind of go through that every day leading up to it. Just so, again, they know what to expect. They can anticipate it and pre prepare for it. Um talk them through anything that may be going on, you know, validate any concerns they may have, um, focus on the positive when it comes to situations. You can talk to them about what's changing versus what's staying the same. So you're going to be starting a new, pre a new preschool, you know, mommy's still going to pick you up, drop you off. That's what's going to stay the same. So really talking them through everything is kind of your biggest benefit. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Okay, cool. Thank you. Okay. And last but not least, when would a potty training co consultant like yourself come into play? Is this something that people are starting like right off the bat or when we're having issues and what, what does a potty training consultant help with? So really, I, I mean, I deal with anything pertaining to potty training. So whether you're just starting out and you want somebody to kind of just get you off in the right direction, whether you're running into issues, whether you're looking for somebody to help you night train, whatever that may be. Um, typically the process, like I send out a questionnaire, you fill that out, and then I write up a plan that is specific for your child's needs, depending on what's going on. Um, and then we kind of go from there. You know, I do a lot of follow-ups with my clients just to make sure if something's not working, we want to kind of shift in a different direction and just to make sure that they're getting off, you know, getting off on the right foot. Um, so, yeah, so whatever the needs may be, you know, it may be something simple. It may be something more harder. You may be at your wits end and just, mm -hmm. I need somebody to help me kind of thing. I get a lot of parents like that. Um, I do a lot of training with kids that are on the autism spectrum. So there's additional challenges because a lot of times there's sensory, a lot of sensory issues play into that. So I work with them quite a bit. Um, so just, I mean, again, every situation is so different. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, this has been very informative. I'm so appreciative of your time <laughs> and what you do now that I know that people <laughs> like you exist, seriously. 
Um, tell everyone where they can follow you. If you have a website, how they can hire you and all that good stuff. So I do have a website. It's gotta go training.com. Um, and there's a contact section on my website. Um, on Instagram, I'm gotta underscore go underscore potty underscore training. I know it's a pain in the butt, but so you can find me on Instagram and connect with me there as well. Um, otherwise email info at gotta go training.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I've appreciated this conversation so much. I'm sure so many moms will. And <laughs> for anyone who's listening, you know, we are with you. Yes. <laughs> we get it. And yes. if you are at your wit's end, you give Abby a call and she's going <laughs> to help you. <laughs> yes. Good luck. Thank you. Well, guys, thanks again for tuning into another episode and I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest as a Mother podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you.